0: Are you going to be teaching kindergarten next year for the first time? Or do you know someone who is teaching kindergarten for the first time can be overwhelming and maybe you're feeling unsure of where to start. Well, look no further. I have the ultimate survival guide for new kindergarten teachers. I created it based on all the things that you need to rock teaching kindergarten next year. All the things I wish I had known as a brand new kindergarten teacher, get your mindset ready to tackle the challenges of kindergarten Learn how to set up your classroom for success and master key strategies for teaching effectively. Plus, prepare for the first week of school like a pro. Don't miss out on this free guide and please share it with your new teammates and friends who are moving to kindergarten next year. Get ready to embark on an incredible journey in kindergarten education with me as your virtual teammate cheering you on. Download the free guide today at www.kindergartencafe.org new teacher. That's kindergartencafe.org slash new-teacher. Welcome to the kindergarten team. Hey teacher friends, it's Zeba from Kindergarten Cafe, and today we're going to talk about one of the really foundational math skills that kids learn in kindergarten, which is Counting. Kids come to us, some of them totally already get this skill and know how to count up to 100 plus, and some kids struggle with it more than others. So we're going to break apart this big concept into all the components that make up counting and what to look for when we're observing our students counting and how to support our students in moving forward with their counting skills. So let's get started. You're listening to the Kindergarten Cafe Podcast, where kindergarten teachers come to learn classroom-tested tips and tricks and teaching ideas they can use in their classroom right away. I'm Zeba, creator and founder of Kindergarten Cafe, and I help kindergarten teachers with everything they need from arrival to dismissal in order to save time, work smarter, not harder, and support students with engaging and purposeful lessons. I'm here to cheer you on through your successes and breakthroughs and offer support and resources so you never have to feel stuck or alone. Ready to start saving time and reducing your stress all while using effective and purposeful lessons that students love? Let's get started. When we are talking about counting, we are talking about many different skills and abilities that a child is able to do. And so when a child is struggling with counting or not counting efficiently or correctly, there could be many different areas that they are struggling in. So it's really important that we narrow down into what areas they're able to do well and what areas they're struggling with. So this big concept of counting is really made up of several different key components. So One of those is simple organization. Can they keep track of what they've already counted and what they haven't counted yet? Can they push to the side the objects that they have counted so that they don't count them again? Are they giving one object one number? That is really that foundational piece of one-to-one correspondence, that one object gets one number as you count and you don't count it twice. So that organization piece is a really important piece because as you start to get bigger and bigger collections for the kids to count, the kids that don't have a strong organizational strategy struggle with this. If they're just pointing to objects, they're going to lose track when they get to more objects and they're able to count independently. And they'll just start counting all over again. And so the ideal way for them to count would be to touch and move. That's what I tell my students, touch and move. So start with one pile, touch and move to another pile so you can really have a clear organization of I've counted this already and I haven't counted this already. I do like to use counting mats to help with this for the kids that are struggling. It's really all it is is just a line down the middle of a paper. And they start with one side, and they drag across the line. It's a visual for them to see that this is the starting side, this is the ending side. You just have to cross the line, and then that's the pile that you've already counted. Some kids really like to line up the objects that they're counting, and this is part of that organization piece. But what I've noticed is that when they're really focused on organizing their collection in a line or a shape, sometimes they try and make it harder than it needs to be um, because they're kind of trying to like show off, this is where they get distracted. And that organization piece gets in the way of their ability to show off their counting abilities. So I just like to reiterate for my students that touch and move is the best strategy. And we do this by showing off different ways of counting and modeling, you know, making mistakes and having the kids really decide, oh, when you touch and move, that really is the most efficient way to count. It really is the most correct way to count. You don't make mistakes when you do it that way. Whereas when you're making a line and you're focused on lining everything up, you forget what you're counting. And then you have to start all over again. And we don't want them to do that. We want them to just do it in one go. The other piece in this one to one correspondence component of counting is knowing that we assign one number for one object. And so far, I've seen my students really coming into kindergarten knowing that skill. And if they don't know that, then we have to back it way up into a very small number of objects to count. And to really focus on, this is connected to a concrete object of, this is one cube. These are two cubes, so we count one, two. This is two cubes. But mostly my students come to kindergarten understanding that. But if they don't have that skill, you definitely need to back it way up and start with less than five objects. But as they get into bigger collections that's where that one-to-one correspondence and organization piece could work together to distract them. If they're not keeping organized, they will count objects more than once. And to me, that's a struggle with organization rather than a struggle with understanding that one-to-one correspondence, that each object gets one number. But if you're not sure which one it is when they're making mistakes— Break it down into smaller and smaller collections for them to count. And if they're still making that same mistake with small groups of objects, then it is a problem with one-to-one correspondence more than organization. Another piece of counting that I feel like most of my kindergartners come to school already knowing is the idea that the last number they say out loud is the total number. And it's kind of funny because it's in many of our assessments that we give students at the beginning of the year for them to count different things, and they count out loud. And it's like up, they count up to 10. And then the teacher has to ask, how many did you count? And the kids, generally speaking, look at you like you're crazy. Like, hello, I just said 10. Obviously, there are 10 blocks. Why don't you know that, lady? But it is an important skill for them to know That, the last number they said out loud, is the total. Again, when I have kids struggling with this, I find it more a difficulty with attention for the students that I've seen anyways. As in, they don't, they weren't paying full attention, so they don't really remember what number they ended on, and then they end up having to count again. So another way to check this is to give them a different group of objects, but similar sized And just make sure that they're paying full attention when they're counting. Saying, okay, we're going to count again. And at the end, I'm going to ask you how many there are. Are we ready? Our brain is on this. Okay, go. And then try and eliminate as many external distractions as possible. But you also can go to smaller collections and see if they're able to, if they're counting out four objects, can they say that they counted four without having to recount how many there are. And like I said, most kindergartners are able to do that. And if they are struggling, I do find it related to more attention struggles, which I see in other areas of the classroom as well. So, so far, our components of counting that we've talked about are that one-to-one correspondence of every object gets one number, Organization, are they able to keep track of what they've already counted and what still needs to be counted? Understanding the final number as the total. And now the next two components are where it gets trickier for kindergartners. Number sequence is a big area where kids struggle in, especially once you get above 10 and especially at the start of the year. If they don't know the number sequence, they literally don't know how to rote count out loud, oral count up to 20, then they're not going to be able to count 15 objects because they're not going to know the correct numbers to count. So if I notice that kids are struggling, if they make a mistake, let's say counting 15 objects because they say 11, 12, 14 15 because they skip 13. That's pretty common. If that happens, I don't see it as a struggle with them with being able to count objects. I see it as a struggle with them not knowing the number order. So I do a lot of work with them on that oral counting. We'll put together a number line and we'll take away numbers and see if they can figure out which number is missing by sort of counting forwards and backwards. I love doing this in the hallway with really big numbers, having them put out the numbers in number order. And then I just have them hop or jump or walk along the numbers and say them counting forwards. And I always have them count backwards. A lot of times when we have kids work on that oral counting, we forget about counting backwards. But that is such an important skill for them to be able to do. And it's especially important later on when we start asking them to take away one or think about a number that's less, they need to be able to count backwards in order to do that. So if you're working on number order and rote oral counting, make sure you include counting backwards. And these are really easy to include movements. Um, You could have, you could roll a dice that you could, um, a cube that you could write numbers on, or maybe a dry erase dice or something where you could write some of the numbers that they're struggling with. Or usually it's in the teens or above the twenties, but usually the teens are really tricky. And I do have a blog post on specifically the tricky teens. So I will link that below. But You can roll the dice and then have them do different movements to count up towards that number. And again, then you would have them count backwards. So if they rolled 14, have them do 14 jumping jacks and count forwards to 14 and then do it again counting backwards from 14 to zero. Oftentimes the kids that struggle with this are kids that benefit from different ways of learning and adding in movement is a great way for them to really focus on the counting and add in a different kinesthetic way of learning to their toolbox. It's just a great way to give extra practice to rote oral counting. The other component of counting is, are they able to stop at a certain number, which means they have to sort of, they have to hold into their head a working number of what they're looking for. So let's say, You know, can you count me out 15 objects? They have to hold in their head the number 15 while counting out loud the numbers 1 through 15 and counting out 15 different objects. And then have the impulse control and self-regulation and executive function to stop themselves when they are counting and they get to 15. Then they have to stop. So it's a lot of executive function skills in that task But it is important that they are able to do that because there's going to be so many times where you have to count out a certain number and stop at that number. And it also means that the underlying counting skills are more secure for the student. And so they don't need to focus so much on understanding how to count out to 15 that if that is secure, then they're able to focus on just remembering I have to stop at 15. But there are times when kids struggle with this, and it is more of an executive function or attention difficulty. And so it's important just to know the student in front of you. And again, you can kind of check this by seeing if they can handle smaller amounts first before you give them bigger amounts to count out to. But if they don't have that strong number sequence intact, if they don't have a strong understanding of the number order, then they will start have to focus more on the counting of those numbers, which means they won't be able to focus so much on stopping at a certain number. So it is a good way to kind of see, are they able to put all these skills together? So as I'm observing students in their counting, I'm looking for them to be able to do all those different components at one time. And if I notice any difficulties, I either start with smaller amounts or sort of take away some of those components to see which one I think is the area of issue for a student. If students are struggling with one-to-one correspondence or with organization, I'll introduce different tools for them like the counting mat. I also use 10 frames and number lines to help them connect the number that they're saying to the object that they're counting Uh, I especially like when these tools have the numbers inside of them. I have these made for you if you're interested. They're in my counting product, my counting unit from math on Teachers by Teachers, as well as my website, so I will link that below. But when these objects have numbers inside of them, for example, the 10 frames have the numbers inside of them, it not only helps them to learn the number sequence— But it also helps them to associate that the number they're saying is related to the object that they're counting. As they get better and better with this, we take away these tools, and this helps them to build confidence. But it also helps them to know that as they start counting higher numbers, they're able to go back to these tools if needed so that they can use them as a resource when they're working with harder numbers. So these are all of my counting strategies for you as teachers and for students. I think it's really, really important to remember the different components that take place within the act of counting and know that when students struggle, they're probably struggling in one or more of these areas. And we really want to target one area at a time when we're working with them on their counting to really help them move forward. And so again, these areas of counting are, can they stay organized while they're counting? Do they understand that every object, that each object gets one number? That's that one-to-one correspondence. Do they understand the number sequence of counting? Do they know the number order? Can they count forwards and backwards? up to 20, up to 30 on their own without counting actual objects? Have they memorized that? Do they understand that the last number they say is the total number they have counted? And if you ask them to count out to a certain number, can they stop or do they keep going past that number? The goal would be to stop at that number. So if they're able to do all those things, then they are able to count and you can give them collections that gradually increase as they understand the number order of higher amounts. And if they struggle with that, you can use the different tools that I've mentioned here, like n- making number lines with number cards, jumping, jumping jacks to different numbers, going forwards and backwards, using counting mats or 10 frames... Or number lines to help them stay organized and also learn that each number they're saying is related to the object that they are counting. So, again, I will link below the different activities as well as some blog posts that have more information on one to one correspondence and tips for the tricky teen numbers. But all of these activities are great to have out in your centers or to work with you in small groups or for intervention activities. Okay, it's time for the quote of the day. Two five-year-olds were talking, and one said, I know the highest number, infinity. And the other five-year-old replied, infinity is actually not a number. It's a concept. So with that, I'll leave you. And if you like these strategies for counting, if you try out any of these activities, please send me a DM. And let me know how it goes or send me an email. I just absolutely love hearing from you and how the activities are working. And please consider leaving a review, it would mean a lot to me. And share this episode with another teacher friend that would enjoy learning about counting and how to support their students with counting. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Kindergarten Cafe podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for more information and resources, or just head straight to kindergartencafe.org for all the goodies. If you liked this episode, the best ways to show your support are to subscribe, leave a review, or send it to a friend. I'll be back next week with even more kindergarten tips. See you then.